Hey, you know what? What? Across the sea, on the horizon, why do the white girls call? I don't know. I don't know this song. Do you really not? No, I don't know. Oh no, that's Lord of the Rings. Oh. <laughs> that's Lord of the Rings. Oh, I was about to say god. it's inescapable. It's inescapable. Oh, I just oh my god! I, it, it it took me a second. I was like, do I know this? I feel like it's in my brain. I was like, wait a that minute. That song is it. it and congratulations, it will now be in your brain for the next seventy-two hours. Yeah, but you know the only part brain? you'll ever know right. is uh. like that opening eight bars. Right. What it will always be in my brain. Do, 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 do. Oh, the Shire theme. The Shire does the Shire theme ever really leave our brains? That's the question that I the important question that we need to pose. It it doesn't. <laughs> that I just want that to follow me around where I go. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this hey, ab- question. Yeah, yeah, go, go can ahead, they go copyright? Ahead. Can they slam us with copyright if we're really Fuck bad no. at it? Fuck no, they can't <laughs> if slam we're us. We're really bad. Yeah, at it. it's just like, well, it's, undistin- <laughs> it's indistinguishable between uh, <laughs> what we had and what they were singing. So it wasn't that you used 30 seconds of it, it's that you <laughs> did it so horrendously that we are now going to charge you $10,000. We could. <laughs> 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 it's just not what I envisioned. It's like it's, <laughs> Howard Shore is just like, sitting in his chair weeping. Yeah, no, you, you're destroying <laughs> my work. You know what? One can okay. So the Hobbit's bad, but yes, I will say this: that Smoky mi- Misty Mountains. Eye, oh, dude. What, Misty, what is it? Misty Mountain? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. good. It's so How good. The fuck. They like set. They they really pulled a fast one there because they set you up. They're like, oh, oh, this is. We're we're going epic. back, baby. Yeah, this is we're gonna going be epic as back. fuck. Yeah, when they and all in that approx- house. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. approximately like four hours later, they're jumping in barrels down a fucking water stream and shit, and I'm <laughs> falling asleep, sitting it's up. So bad. Yeah. Oh my god, the desolation of Smaug was just one of the most boring films I've ever seen. And like, how do you do that? How do you take a giant fucking dragon played by Benedict, Benedict. Cumberbatch, not only in voice, but crawling around in a suit covered in golf balls? How do you take that and make it not compelling? Yeah, he's given 110%. That so, yeah, so is Martin poor Freeman. Man. Yeah, so is Martin Freeman. Like, giving Martin? 110% oh. and this is what you have around them. I just know that this is like, what the fuck? I think there's that outtake clip from one of the sets of The Hobbit where like Martin Freeman is like always flipping middle fingers. Yeah. And I don't think that that is his normal state. I think that that was his like, oh, great. I'm here to do this all again. Fuck. Right. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That check was nice, though. He's, he, you know what? Fuck it. The check was, fuck it. he looks like You're Ian. probably Holmes, right. So like, yeah. So I mean, like, you, you can't, you can't beat it. I will just say this. I was like, damn, these niggas are spitting. Right, and they say white people have no culture. Come on. (laughs) Y'all got that shit. Y'all got this. (laughs) (laughs) Mountains deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have a black. They couldn't have a black dwarf. The black dwarf would have been put too much extra on that shit. He'd be building the soul in it, like. <laughs> <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> Just like, hey. <laughs> Just sliding and riffing, and all the other dwarves are like, Whoa, "That's that's oh, kind of that's not what we do." That's I don't know <laughs> if I can even do that physically. That's <laughs> not. That's we we don't do that. He's from a different tribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought I could put a little collard greens in there. <laughs> 
Oh man, that shit slaps though, Loki. That's a that that's the best part of the whole fucking what trilogy? Was oh, it a trilogy? Yeah, that's the best part. Ostensibly, of the trilogy. yeah. I've 100%. never completed it, so I don't. Yeah, I people, pretend that it doesn't exist. I do not see it. They, yeah, as soon as uh, people ask me, like, you saw the the first Hobbit movie? I was like, yeah. Well, what were your takeaways? Misty Mountain was good. Anything else? Misty <laughs> Misty Mountain was good. <laughs> Misty Mountain was good. Do you Miss, need anything else from this you, movie? Because <laughs> you will be disappointed. You will be. <laughs> do they ever sing it again in the movies i don't know i, I didn't get past desolation no. of smog no i don't see, think so it's not even a motif they don't even sing it again or sing like what the fuck i'm willing to bet it's probably somewhere in the score yeah but yeah, like, yeah, no they the definitely score, don't uh yeah bust out into song again like that because then i might have watched it all yeah 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 just uh if when they ever make a, a musical that song has to be the opening song right oh hell <laughs> the yeah the hobbit musical yeah, yeah get on that right now i'm gonna write that script all right but and while i get do that on it. while i do that let's get into the episode <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah Listener, dear listeners, those yeah. of you who slopped through, I promise you that will be the last talk of elves and dwarves. Yes. And hobbits and wharfs. We're going to oh stay my. away from fishing wharfs. We are. We are. Uh, and we will further talk about movie news and movie trailers. Hi, guys. This is Too Many Flicks. If you don't know the name of the show when you clicked on it, I don't know what to tell you, but now you do. And my name is Ben. My name is Ian. And we're going to give you a quick rundown of the show if this is your first time listening so what we do is we analyze movie trailers we talk about movie news we give a hot take um something that's involving news in the cinemas um our tv something that may you may not agree with or you might agree with we don't know that's why it's called a hot take and we, we also know. do uh stream theory where we talk about the hottest things that are streaming on streaming platforms right now so you can give them a watch and then we do a little trivia at the end so you have some knowledge in your motherfucking brains put it in your Brain. Put it in your brains. Now, are y'all ready with all that hype? Episode 58, or nope, this is episode 59. I am so <laughs> yeah. hyped that I I'm thought so we were in last week. That's how hype I am. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. Tasty. Tasty. Trailer. Trailer. Mm, that's good. That's real good. All right, friends and fam, kicking off Tasty Trailers, we are starting with The Wrong Missy. The Wrong Missy is going to be coming to your Netflix accounts May 13th. It is directed by Tyler Spindle, and it is starring Lauren Lapkus, Sarah Chalk. Don't know why I said her name that way. Sarah Chalk. Uh, David Spade and Nick Swardson. A guy meets the woman of his dreams and invites her to his company's corporate retreat, but realizes he sent the invite to the wrong person. <laughs> so this is this is the movie that we are we are getting. Um you know yeah it's uh okay so you know you know what type of movie it is based off the music choice uh, i forget so, the name of the song but it's a pop standard go ahead e. i can make your hands clap oh uh, there was God. too many claps but uh, i it's funny that you say that because when that when that song came on i couldn't put my finger on precisely like what was bothering me i just knew that it was and then i put down in my notes like i had this epiphany i was like this is a movie that was geared towards our parents uh, or like a slightly oh, older yeah. generation because you have the social dynamics of like you know like oh the crazy woman uh the the like smattering of stars from you know like early 2000s and but then also like this pop song that is just like a little out of date that our parents probably are just hearing it like it's slowly proliferating into their lives now so it seems rather current but it is like just a little too old i think i dude that is <laughs> i don't really have anything else to add because that literally is what this fucking movie is 
is. That's br- even in the title, the wrong Missy. It is a yep. fucking oh, David Spade. I didn't even like, see that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, and then you have Rob Snyder, who I can we be done with him? Like, hey, dude, I just want oh, to do yeah. something else. I don't want to be done with the, the the guy, but I think he is kind of a piece of shit. But that's beyond the point. We're talking about his the movie. I don't. I think he just needs to to take his career in a different direction. But how can I say that when Adam Sandler hires him, David Spade's have been hiring him to do his shtick, which mm-hmm. is old as dog dick. Like he just like every time you see him, he's like, um, I just don't laugh. Like Rob it's Schneider's gotta got to be a mercy like, hire. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, oh. please, dude. Yeah, Rob Snyder again. I know what this movie is. This movie's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: if this if this doesn't put the the uh, nail in the proverbial coffin, I do apologize to our listeners for not having listed this uh, in our stars of the movie because by far the largest credited star is Vanilla Ice. Oh yeah, for sure. That, <laughs> Vanilla that Ice is going to be out. in this movie, and if that just doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I, yeah, I don't know. When are we done with these movies? There's no real like yeah, it's a comedy, but there's really no risk with a movie like this 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 romantic comedy shit where they're both you know they're all of a certain class certain race and uh there's like oh this fucking ugly woman and she's crazy and you know i don't well and i I will say this uh lauren lapkus like looks like she's actually like giving it giving it a fucking go oh no she's turning it up to a hundred and good for i mean yeah i mean do it give it you this is the movie that they're 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 hiring to do and she's like all right i'm gonna get this money <laughs> yeah and she commits to her bits and it shows she's got 90 imdb credits in like 15 years like good on you it's something i want to address that i think i'm confused about and correct me if i'm wrong did you see sarah chalk anywhere in this trailer i had not seen her in this trailer that's what i'm and confused maybe... about too i was like i don't remember <laughs> seeing her but maybe uh, they're ga- they're gaslighting her and also well the funny thing is she has no credited character name on imdb like i think she, like i i honestly could not tell you like what her role is supposed to be in this that's weird that's that's fucking weird like what is she in this who is she which i think begs the question like is she just a random credit they threw up on there to try to like bring in the scrubs crowd or like was she a part of this movie and was like i just don't i don't think so could we could i i don't it's very bizarre i'm like scrubbing through the trailer right now trying to see if like i just missed a glimpse of her i'm not i don't think so though no i don't think she maybe they're hiding her for some uh unknown reason who fucking knows it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense here or maybe she's under oh there she is she is definitely like some sort of cameo character it looks like uh missy whatever her character's name is is Lauren Lapkus's character uh, is trying to encourage a threesome between them, and he literally y- you could blink and you could miss it, because uh, the entirety of Sarah Chalk's uh, tenure in this here trailer is hold on, I'm gonna count it real quick one, two, two seconds <laughs> jeez jeez stop, oh man, two seconds I, I will say this Tyler Spindle is still a young director. He still has uh, a, a a lot, a lot. Uh, one of if you're credited in Paul Blart Mall Cop, oh boy. I, I, I question I question many things about you. I understand the need to get the work. Oh boy, but you know, but, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, what 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 can you really do though? I mean, they're making money though. People love those movies. Yeah, they li- they true. legitimately love those movies. They love the Adam Sandler crew. Is what I call these movies. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Sandler has a cameo in this somewhere. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely what it is. Is I think Adam Sandler pulls some strings too, um, to make sure his buddies get movies as well. Because he looks out for his friends. I will say that. Even though his movies are trash, he looks out for his friends. Unless they're like uncut gems when he's doing some real stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't... This movie is not going to be good. So don't expect it to be good. It it will be slightly below adequate at best. <laughs> and at worst, it will be one of the worst movies you've seen ever. Um, David Spade can be funny um, at times. But he's just not... I don't I don't think he can carry a movie right now. Not this movie. Not this type of movie. I don't... I, don't, I think his comedy is a little bit 
it unless it's in a different format when it comes to movies and romantic comedies it just is do, doesn't hit I, I didn't really yeah. laugh at anything in this there was nothing particularly funny man <laughs> and what a shame because a huge part of like my early childhood was growing up watching just shoot me on nbc which is funny yeah it's funny yeah, and just he's shoot a funny pretty dude clever. yeah he's he has pretty decent timing i just the timing here is just not good the the trailer was not good and i don't think this movie is going to be particularly um um a, a fun time and at least with a movie like this as long as it's like kind of a fun time you can kind of forgive it you know what right I mean? like if it's like right. okay it, that was ridiculous but at least it's fun or if it's just really really bad that you can kind of make fun of it like quint uh what is it quintuplets or what was the what was the fucking oh uh, jesus yeah no i think it was quintuplets you talking uh, about the fucking marlon wayne's movie? yeah like that movie is trash but it's so bad that it becomes funny <laughs> yeah i will give true. him that yeah it's so funny and there are there are actually genuine like bits of dialogue that i found to be humorous as well like despite that movie being absolute dog shit <laughs> it is so rough there's some towards the end of uh when there there was a big reveal that happened there was a bit there are a couple of funny jokes in there that i was like that's pretty good like i hate this movie but that was funny um i don't think you're gonna find that here <laughs> so no this is gonna be yeah, yeah. a it's rough be a day at sea fest. folks mu- yeah again like i said adi- uh below adequate at best terrible at worst terrible and extremely offensive and toxic at worst so yeah. let's hope it doesn't get to that point so let's start writing the drinking game now yeah yeah because <laughs> at the end of that drinking game we'll be fucking zombies yes we will uh, that leads us to our next trailer we are little zombies and it's directed by makoto nagahisa and it's starring keita ninomiya mando akumura and satoshi mizono four japanese orphans form a rock band but they form this rock band and this is no longer the description but i'm telling you what i thought about the movie they form this rock band in a very spectacular and unique way guys it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of a blend of a wes anderson film and who was the guy who directed scott pilgrim versus the world it's like uh, it, edgar wright yes oh fuck god damn edgar wright i can not think about that it reminds me of wes anderson and edgar wright had a baby you would get this movie <laughs> I'm so glad you said right. that because in my notes I said, "Oh man, it's like if Wes Anderson had some fucking edge." That and the edge is Edgar Wright. That's literally yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's literally a, a couple, like a handful of shots from like Wes Anderson, and then like some of the graphics in the background and some of the um, the the stylistic choices. I'm like, that's Edgar Wright. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, it absolutely. literally is like those two directed a movie together. It's it it looks really While cool. Still throwing in like still really having that sort of um like the the movie literally opens with this kid cremating his parents and then they mm. sort of uh create this facade of it all being one of those japanese prank shows like it feels very sort of uh non-westernized in the regard that like they're like doug what do you want you're so goddamn cute fuck you <laughs> um but like he's sitting there like oh i guess they've cremated my parents and they come out like ah oh, you're on just like this TV show where it's like our version of like punked or whatever and he's like oh thank god I'm on punked and he's like I wasn't on punked right. which like uh, yeah. it, it it has like this self awareness that I think a lot of western storytelling doesn't have or mm-hmm. doesn't utilize as much does that make it, sense? That, that totally makes sense I wonder now I'm starting to think that did Wes I, I imagine Wes Anderson probably got a lot of his stuff from Japanese cinema period and um, any Asian cinema um, in, in general I wouldn't doubt it. It could be. Because uh, there's a lot of influences there but anyway re- uh, regardless yeah uh, this does such a unique thing it definitely does know itself know what the movie is also just like telling a really unique and mind-bending experience um, and these kids in there to, to understand these themes and to to understand what's needed of them in a movie like this is remarkable as well um, that's kind of mm-hmm. hard to pull off sometimes it's hard to pull off one acting on camera period <laughs> it mm-hmm. is a hard job it's something it's I've been acting for most of my life and I still am trying to find the best technical ways to perform on screen as well as still remaining in the moment. So that let that sink in. On two, mm-hmm. finding someone who can uh, enrich a theme and a vision of a director that is so different than what you would experience in any other setting or any other um, uh, set or crew or any other story. It's just like, this is what's needed of you. And if you can hit beats, this movie will flourish 
I don't necessarily need you to do this. I need you to do something a little different and tweak it a little differently. So where it's just like, you know what I mean? If that makes any Absolutely, sense, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's fitting in the puzzle. And these are younger kids too, for them to be able to do that is, is, is remarkable. And yeah, I, I would love to see this movie in its entirety because the trailer is sick. I think, and something that this trailer does really well that makes me even more excited for it is they do a really great job of juxtaposing the very dark subject matter with like a very light-hearted or uh, vibrant look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is uh, very, very interesting. I, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. Fuck! Yeah, it's just definitely uh, like a stimulus overload, just like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And, and there are also some moments where it just seems like it's kind of soft and uh, genuine. Yeah, I, I would be I would be excited. Ian, I share that excitement with you. I can't wait for this movie to come out whenever it does, whenever this pandemic slows down and they have figure out a date. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I wonder if we'll be able to get it. How we able to get it as well? So I did a little bit of research on this because there is no release date, which is frustrating for us, for you, listener. We mm-hmm. are vicariously frustrated for you because why are we talking about it if we can't tell you when or where it's going to be? Uh, it premiered at a bunch of film festivals. It had its distribution rights bought up by Oscilloscope, uh, which is a really, really great, fun, funky uh, distribution company that dabbles in distributing really, really off the beaten path stories. Uh, So I'm willing to bet that we will see this coming to some sort of digital platform uh, in the next couple of months. I could definitely see that. And, uh, you know, that just means either I have the streaming platform or I'm going to have to buy it. But man, these bills, I'm going to be in debt and the debt collectors right around the corner. So going to have them collectors coming for you, which friends leads us to our final trailer on the docket. We are talking about debt collectors. Yep. It was a really literal transition. Uh, (laughs) Debt collectors. Also not entirely sure when it's coming out. Probably headed for digital distribution. Not 100% sure. It is directed by Jesse V. Johnson. And it is starring Scott Adkins, Louis Mandalore, and Vladimir Kulik. And I would like to take just a minute for us all to sort of bask in the jealousy of how badass it is to have the last name Mandalore right yeah, now. That's dope. In particular. Like, fuck yeah. You get it, Louis. I see you. Um, if you're wondering what the premise is, I'll tell it to you right now. Fine, if I must. A pair of debt collectors are thrust into an explosively dangerous situation, chasing down various lowlifes while also evading a vengeful kingpin. <sighs> yeah, this uh, this is a movie trailer. They, it's fun. It's fun. I will say that there are moments yeah. of fun and excitement, yeah. and there are moments where it's just like, oh, you could see the budget, and they're supposed to go to uh, Vegas and, and be part of this casino that. I feel like it's supposed to be bigger than it is, <laughs> but it's teeny, and they they keep it. so it's supposed to be like glamorous and, and 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 big, but like or this 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 club rather, and it's just kind of teeny, and it's like oh, okay, like this is what they could afford, I you know, mm-hmm. I, hey, the hustle mm-hmm. is real, I understand, but you also throughout the trailer only see like two um two uh locations, two to three locations, and you're like okay, oh I, you're I right, is. yeah, I was like I get what this is, <laughs> I get y'all didn't have y'all apparently this is a sequel so like apparently you didn't make money in the first one and this is the money that, are you just you know you're just being frugal just to save money that ian what, I'll what, s- what do you I'll, I'll i'll say this they had a camera on the day and someone hit the record button on that camera mm-hmm. and thus it was put onto probably a memory card and then that memory card was put into a computer and that computer was used to uh, purportedly make a cut and so yes we have a movie here folks it's called Dead Collectors. It is a sequel. Uh, sonically, it is a very confusing trailer. Like the music cut from their bar brawl scene to the Las Vegas cut is so jarring that I think I might have whiplash. Who's to say? Mm. Um, sometimes on our podcast, this is one of my notes, sometimes on our podcast, we talk about how a trailer shows you the whole movie. This trailer shows you the whole movie. The whole damn thing. <laughs> the whole damn thing. Sometimes I feel like uh, when either of us say it, like it's a little unfair to the trailer in this regard, though. Like, no, this is the movie. Like, they give you the the plot. 
plot points exactly how they fall. Um, I gotta say this, it did look like everybody's having fun when they're making this. Like, no one's here for money. I mean, they're also there for money. Yes, that is how our society works. <laughs> but they are there for fun. Like, it seems yeah. like everybody's having a fun time. I I 100% agree with you. You could tell this crew has worked before with each other, which they have. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, we're back again. You know, we're making this low-budget flick. Like, it is what it is. Like, we know where we are. Yeah. We know who we are. We know, like... Hell yeah! But we do this for a living. And I will... I can indeed respect that. Now, does that make a good movie? I don't know. <laughs> no. It's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of moments where kind of cringe, but there are a lot of moments where you're just like, I will say this: <laughs> hmm. their fucking fight sequences look really cool. I will. They the dialogue they probably was a little cringe. Some of the, the 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 cinematography was just like okay, and some of the locations are just like, oh, I see what you guys didn't have that much money. But the they did put a lot of effort into the fight sequences, though they looked pretty pretty cool. I, I will say that you can't you can't knock that. Can't knock that. So Jesse V Johnson. Uh, is an act the director is an actual stunt man himself. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. He was he's got like 50 stunt credits. He was in the Amazing Spider Man. He was in Starship Troopers. Uh, he's yeah, he's been he's been getting work as a stunt dude for a hot minute. Beowulf, Avatar, Alice in Wonderland, like Thor. And this is this is interesting because I think this actually highlights something that uh is really cool uh and will undoubtedly get better with time, which is with the advent of such stunt heavy movies nowadays particularly blockbusters i think we're going to be seeing more of these stuntmen led movies wherein a coalition of stunt people are like hey like we're tired of not getting to say anything ever <laughs> like we're right. tired of just getting hit let's make yeah. our own fucking movie and i think that's what this is pretty much yeah dude yeah it, it definitely looks like that you, you definitely see the care and love in the fight uh choreo which is something you rarely see it's usually the opposite of the movies it's like oh this movie looked really good mm -hmm. the fight fighting was not great and are you we just don't mention it but it's definitely the mm -hmm. first this is like okay it's very low budget they know what they're doing but uh it's low budget <laughs> oh but the fighting is really cool so you know that uh, take that take that information as you will to inform you if you want to watch this movie or no but it's coming out sometime so we'll keep you posted we'll try to i don't i don't know <laughs> we'll keep you posted ben i do want to say i feel really bad for poor scott adkins i dropped a photo of him in chat because i get the impression that he's been beaten out for every role in the past 20 years oh, by ryan reynolds dude no <laughs> you coming today you are on point for real for real you usually are always on point but today is for real for real i yeah dude i as a casting if i put my mind in the casting director's mind which i don't want to do ever because i know it's a tough job and i've never done it but yeah i i definitely understand where you're coming from you know i'm part of i'm part i'm in this part of my career where i do the same thing now when i watch shows i'm like everyone looks the same the casting director is not great in this <laughs> it's like who's the casting director why does it and when i tell you ian when you put great posted that picture of me of uh scott parton yeah i 100 agree he's been getting beaten out by a lot of dudes who look like him yep this poor dude <laughs> this poor dude could have been fucking thor or something oh no he's not a thor like he could have been i don't T know tony stark Bat or something he could have been tony stark he could have been fucking ben affleck's batman but yeah no 100 100 that is that is the result of oversaturation of a type yeah and a lot of white you dudes. get that yeah i mean well it's not even white dudes it's just more white dudes who look the same there are a lot That's of true. unique white looking people but <laughs> when it comes to something like this it's like they all kind of want the same thing and i even if this guy is a good actor, he, he's kind of like, you got a struggle ahead of you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you indeed have a struggle. So you got to do something that's a little, you know, unique. Or at least you get on a CSI show or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I read the worst. This is so off topic. I read the worst side for an NCIS audition the other day. I wasn't auditioning. I was just helping out because I'm a bad actor oh. and haven't uh, gotten an agent yet still. Uh, right. Can you believe it? With this talent... Um, uh -huh. but, uh, it was just so bad. And I thought about it. I was like, would I, as an artist, put my name on this show? And then the impending return to the American lower caste workforce entered my mind. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I would absolutely gobble up an NCIS role every week. One, 100%. You know, I... <laughs> 
And I will say this. I think one day we should come up with a, a, a new podcast under the same umbrella. We just talk about theater stuff like this. Not theater stuff, just like acting as actors in general. I think this is a very yeah. awesome topic because I will neither confirm or deny that I received sides from a certain show that you may have or may not have mentioned. Um, and I will, <laughs> I will tell you that, um, yes. Uh, was it the a, office side where you, you were a journalist? I was not. Um, okay. I, I can neither confirm or nor deny that I could potentially have been um, <laughs> a military guy um, being interrogated. But I, you know, and I don't know what show it was. So I'm not going to divulge, uh, disclose that information. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, just a lot of shows um, in general as you get to sides from. You're just like, oh, what the? F- oh, okay, well, all right. But it's a formula. It's very formulaic. And they yep. play it safe because they're trying to get that dollar. And, you know, this guy's type here, you know, which is unfortunate. If you watch the trailer, you know what we're talking about. Please watch the trailer. That's the point of this whole <laughs> show. And eventually we will be live streaming. So you'll be able to see the trailer as we go along. But that's further in the future. But anyway, yeah. So this type is hard to come by. Or it's easy to come by. And that's unfortunate for him. So there, there we have it. Um, maybe we should move. <laughs> yeah, we could keep dunking on poor Scott here. But I feel like uh, he yeah. gets that enough. Yeah, he, he understands his struggle. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get some movie news. This just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Flix News. All right, friends. Here we are in Flix News. Um, and I'm going to get us kicked off here with our first topic. First and only topic. Not that much news going on because, you know, <laughs> pandemic. Um, but it's a big it's a big topic. AMC band showing of Universal Movies over Troll Trolls World Tour spat. I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> Disregard that. Delete. It's I, a lot. To, it's a lot to ingest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that info. Uh, here we go. All right. Here's our first topic, y'all. AMC bans showings of Universal Movies over Trolls World Tour spat. Ah, uh, that is a mouthful. Um, thank you, Frank Pilata at CNN for that information. This is CNN. Way to go, Frank. Hey, way to go, Frank. Doing um, the heavy lifting. Yeah. I, you know, I'm. This is interesting. AMC banning this because of a spat. AMC, aren't y'all going out of business, nigga? Y'all can't be. Spe- y'all better get over that shit real quick. You better <laughs> get over that shit. Where my head space right. <laughs> get over that shit quick, fast, and about the fucking hurry. That's Universal. They can make you money. What are you doing, bitch? You can't even pay rent right now. <laughs> you don't. You don't have. You don't have the leverage to. He's like, we're not gonna play your movies. The fuck. Universal's like okay, that's all right, cool. Uh, we'll go that's to Regal. Kind of. So their their like return uh, comment was pretty much essentially that. Like essentially, from what I understand, what happened was due to the pandemic, Trolls World Tour had a digital release. It may right. have been released briefly theatrically, but I don't think that it was there for very long, if at all. It got a digital release. They saw fantastic numbers, numbers that they were shocked and were like, "Wow, digital." release releases are indeed a viable platform uh for movies like this and other things duh uh, took them that long to figure that shit the fuck out but go continue <laughs> right exactly and this well the ceo that was pretty much exactly what the ceo of universal said was like and going forward we can't wait to do a mix of digital and theatrical releases across the board not necessarily outlining any plan to the best of my knowledge um unless there's just something i i missed in in what i was reading um and then the AMC, and this this may be just even more indicative of how in much of a tailspin they are, because the AMC CEO clapped back with like, well, we ain't showing no fucking Universal movies then. Fuck you, Universal. Get the fuck out my face. And then Universal replied like a little bit afterwards. They're like, why are they fucking tripping? We just said that we wanted to like do a digital release. Every- I don't even know what's going on. Like they, they, they're literally broadsided. They're like, I don't know why they're so mad. Like, yeah, yeah they they're irate because they're losing money, and this is just a, a reaction, an emotional reaction to uh, the, the dire straits that they're actually in, right? Because mm-hmm. um, this is not good business. You have to understand this isn't good business. I can tell you, I've never run a company before in my life, besides too many flicks with you, 
but like you know we don't have a shit ton of people working for us are under like we you know you, we're not a right. multi-million dollar company be, that <laughs> we being make said, this podcast for yeah, free surprise uh that being said like i can make better decisions than this like oh okay they went on streaming they you know they did that because it's a business decision they don't want to lose money and have to wait to put this out that's fine mm-hmm. how about this uh when the movies and things start to reopen businesses start to reopen um in a respectful logical manner how about we play it anyway how about we open it up for a couple of weekends that way we can still make return on on that movie as well i mean like that's how easy this is (laughs) yeah how about we play your move how about we play your movie in our theaters when all of this blows over so it can have a second release they're not gonna fucking say no to that (laughs) it's like what the fuck this is stupid this is doesn't even this doesn't make sense amc i don't know what y'all doing but regal's about to take over for real for real (laughs) for real for real they straight regal's still paying rent i haven't heard anything about regal not paying rent (laughs) y'all got the audacity to be like well then fuck y'all then we ain't gonna play any of your movies universal's like okay that's a weird flex that's a weird all right go for it Tanking your business is a weird flex, but that's, I... It's, that's strange. <laughs> it's a strange time. You get it. But y'all that got means, them cushy so, chairs, though. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to see, like, just what AMC is going to be missing out on. Uh, and, well, for one thing, the Lego movie franchises. Yep. Um, mm. The Pitch Perfect movies. They make money. The Johnny English good. movies. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know what? Maybe AMC ain't missing that much. They... <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I came to this page to try to burn AMC, and I'm looking at Universal's franchises, and I'm like, oh, no. Universal has some. Hold on. They do. They've got all their monsters. They've got their monster franchises. Now, now you got me interested to see. Right? Hmm. They have the Purge. They okay, have Candyman. James Man. Bond. They, they do have, have Candyman, and they've got Fast and the Furious, as well as James Bond. See, there, there you go. And uh, that's really where they're making their money. Um, let's see here. So I want to give a quick shout out to uh, my good Twitter friend, Chris okay. DeLaBarre barrio because he was the one who actually sent me this scoop and he is a joy you should all follow him on twitter he's very fun uh he sent me this scoop he's the one that wants to clean your toes ben Um, oh okay great yeah yeah, good dude uh He sent me this scoop, so just just a quick shout out to to him and sending this little scoop our way. We had a great conversation about it when he sent it to me, wherein I said if it rang very reminiscent of the Sony Disney Spider Man debacle, where mm. like you just needed an adult to step into the room and be like, everybody shut the fuck up and just take a like count to 10 and if you're still mad after you've counted 10 then we can talk it out like you're gonna work this out it's so weird it's like these execs who think they're smarter than everyone because they're rich um they like they don't know how to do business they're like they're acting like children like little like actual literal children (laughs) it doesn't make any sense it's like what like yet i imagine that they probably have written books and given seminars on how to conduct business when um at the end of the day, y'all don't know what the fuck y'all doing either. So <laughs> y'all just throwing darts at a dartboard and you got darts. enough money that if they don't stick, you just keep throwing them. Enough people bow to them and enough people have told them that they're fantastic and then they think that they're really good at their jobs. But lo and behold, we have AMC saying they're not going to play Universal movies and they're going bankrupt. So there you have it. That That's, you know, that's a strong move. Go ahead. Yeah, I completely understand that business wise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you came to too many flicks and didn't expect deadpan sarcasm i don't know what to tell you friend this might not be the podcast for you right <laughs> right uh, and with that information guys it's uh that's all the mo- movie news that we have for you at this present moment um hopefully movie news will pick up and hopefully we start to flatten that curve but uh, i'm not gonna lie to you i doubt it because americans uh, you know they love the curve they're really about the big curves they're really about that big curve they yeah. want to do what they want to do and um that can be a good thing and uh a bad thing mostly a bad thing especially in a time of a national crisis all right well ian anything else you would like to say about this or can we move forward no let's move forward it, it ain't even worth it yeah folks so if you uh if you have any uh, ideas or thoughts about what we just discussed here about amc um refusing to play any universal movies please hit us up on any social media platforms as at too many flicks is number two and an x at the end let's start a discussion let's keep it moving and be polite respectful and we will be polite and respectful when commenting back with you guys all right let's move on
God damn, that's hot as hell. Oh man, you know what time it is, fam? The fucking transition jingle just told you it's time for some hot takes. Hot takes? Yeah. Uh, I, I got a hot take for us today, Ben. Oh boy, I, 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 I am uh, ready to hear it. I got, I got a hot take. Uh, and this one, this one, this one, uh, might be a little spicy for some folks, but I'm, I'm hoping that everybody's just sort of open to. To, to what I'm putting down. And my hot take is this. Last night I was scrolling through Hulu and I noticed that there was this little, this little, this little joint that I had been putting off watching since 2015 because I thought the trailers had looked like a lot of fun, but then it didn't necessarily do very well amongst audiences and critics alike. But you know, fuck it. I needed something to pass the time and I wanted to play mobile games. So I put on American Ultra. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with American Ultra, uh, great. For those of you who aren't, it's it's a Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart movie, uh, wherein they are both sort of seemingly directionless stoners that end up being in the middle of this huge government murder plot. Because, uh, li light spoiler alert, uh, if you didn't put two and two together, two and two together, goodness, uh, American Ultra is a playoff of MK Ultra, that super top secret CIA uh, project that, like, dosed a bunch of people with LSD without consent, etc., etc. And it was, like, not a... It's a pretty huge blemish on our uh, intelligence services record. Uh, so American Ultra is a play on that, and they are... Well, Jesse Eisenberg is a brainwashed assassin that's just been masquerading as an anxious stoner in West Virginia for uh, a few years. And, um, like, the CIA directors decide to kill him. Uh, but his, his, like, project director recognizes that he's just a human, and so she gives him a head start. And it is, in my opinion, this is where the take gets hot. Better than Pineapple Express. And I say this, I say take. this because the the two movies should not, in my personal opinion, be compared to each other. But I think in 2015, when American Ultra was released, and ever since then, simply the fact that both movies revolve uh, even cursorily around smoking weed, they will always be inextric inextricable from one another in people's minds. Um, mm. And Pineapple Express is fun. Uh, Pineapple Express is is lighthearted and kind of goofy. American Ultra is not nearly as lighthearted, a lot more violent and a lot darker and sort of a condemning of America's intelligence services. And here's the thing. I, I said this to you, Ben, off the record. I think that American Ultra arrived just like two to three years mm, okay. too early. Mm. I think that if it was, if it would be released either now or like 2018, this movie would have been much more of a hit than it was. Um, it handles the action really well. Go ahead. What was your question? Uh, I was going to say, do you can you see why it was given? Um, obviously, you're you're lobbying for it being better than Pineapple Express, but do you do you, mm -hmm. can you at all see the side of the critics as to why they gave it such a low score? I do because it does suffer from tonal problems. This is far from a perfect movie, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, it, at some points, it, there is like very um, subdued stoner humor. That is then quickly undercut uh, by like something incredibly violent. Uh, there's a, uh, I always struggle with these portions because I don't want to spoil stuff for folks. Walter Goggins, who I think is one of the uh, great villainous actors of our time, yes, uh, makes an appearance in this, uh, doing some fantastic character work. God, I love me some Walter Goggins. I really wish that he got to play someone other than villains, but he is found his niche uh Topher Grace is in this and Topher Grace actually does really well um th there's just a whole host of really really fine actors working in this doing a good job and just playing it playing it very straight I say I think with something like Pineapple Express that uh, worked in its favor is that it is very farcical the circumstances are farcical uh and thus the humor is also quite like large and cartoonish in some regards whereas American Ultra, the circumstances are equally farcical, but the comedy 
is not as large. The comedy is a gotcha. little more, uh, again, subdued. Uh, but I'll be damned if it doesn't have like a really sharp plot that moves really well. And what comedy there is in it is very downplayed. It is, it, I think it is, whether or not the intention of the project before uh, Jesse Eisenberg was attached was to make everything sort of like a lower uh, register of comedy. Whether or not that was already predetermined, I don't know. But like it caters very well to Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart's talents of just being sort of like, you know, like very reserved actors. John Leguizamo is does some great character work in this as well, albeit his character is problematic for uh, reasons that are very quickly apparent if you just watch yeah. the film. Um, but everyone's doing a stellar job, and I actually, I'm not going to lie, uh, this is a testament to Walter Goggins, who I will plug again. Uh, I love him. He actually had a moment on screen that made me cry. I think if you can take a super murderous psychopath, light spoilers, I guess, and give them a really poignant moment that in such a way that like it actually is emotionally affecting, like that's that's pretty good storytelling, y'all. That's pretty good storytelling. And Pineapple Express moves and it's goofy and it's super over the top but i think that it was a braver choice on american ultra's part to not go that route and have it just be kind of a condemnation of covert actions by the american government on american soil which is tackled by movies that are not normally comedies i.e like sicario and and other like films like that and the fact that they tried to do that while balancing comedy is really impressive if you've got hulu american ultra is on there uh kristen stewart who i think was also being uh lambasted for her role in the twilight series gives a really good performance she is an incredibly talented actor which is not news to anyone who actually has paid attention to her in any way and not written her off as the twilight girl she gives a really good performance here y'all and i just wish more people would talk about it oh there you go that is a hot take that it that american ultra is better than pineapple express Ooh, that's why they call yep. it hot takes it's not it's not lukewarm hot, takes. hot takes come at me tell me if you think i'm fucking crazy i don't mind but you better come correct because i will i will bear down on you with all the facts that i have in my arsenal let us know though you know yeah yeah let, definitely let us know again any social media platforms guys we are willing to listen and we're willing to discuss in our debate so hit us up all right let's move on that was a little and now for another installment of Stream Theater. Oh, hello. We didn't notice you over there. Would you like to dance the Tarantella? No. No, not you. I can tell you are more discerning than that. Please have a seat. We have some soy, vegan, non-fat, organic croutons on this here platter for you. We are so excited that today we are going to be doing a double feature of Stream Theory. Benjamin, You, I believe you have brought to us a, a series in particular you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I, I would love to talk about Little Fires Everywhere. It's uh, pretty topical right now. A lot of people are talking about it, but uh, I want to give my interpretation or my um, review of the piece, um, the eight-episode miniseries that is really, really fucking phenomenal. Um, it's based off the Celeste Ng's 2017 bestseller, Little Fires Everywhere, and it follows the intertwined fates of the picture-perfect Richardson family and the enigmatic mother and daughter who upend their lives. All right, so I will say this, y'all. This miniseries, eight episodes, so it's pretty easy to get through uh ann and i waited a while for the show to kind of finish so we can kind of binge the last four to three episodes it was well worth it yep um if you don't know it stars carrie washington uh reese witherspoon lexi underwood joshua jackson uh jade petty johns jed petty uh sorry jade petty john um megan stute um see else is yeah um just to name a few there are uh, a lot of actors a lot of children actors too in this who are phenomenal by the way the kids in this show are fantastic um the writing in the show is fantastic and the acting is fantastic uh so pretty much there's a lot going on it's 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 kind of hard to explain without spoiling spoiling anything so please do yourself a favor and watch the show from front to back you can do it now on hulu all eight episodes are up um but it, it does such a really beautiful thing in theme and and um just the way the dialogue is structured and how they tackle uh racial issues um how it 
it feels to be black in a mostly white space, the uncomfortableness of that, um, as well as not glossing over other issues um, in the story as well. So everyone's story is told, but you they do a great job of giving you the weight of one story over another, not necessarily pitting them against each other, but letting you know that these this family, they are relatively going through some of the same stuff that this other family is, but the weight is so much more different and the where they are in life is so much more different just because of who they are and what they look like. And it's done perfectly. Um, yeah, I would love to read this book. Um, apparently Mia Warren and um, Pearl in the book apparently are not black, which is interesting. It's a great choice that they changed them to be black Americans because just what is juxtaposed to their situations with her and the Richardson family is heartbreaking. It's manipulative. It's sad. It's it's very frustrating, um, but it, it needs to be told, and I, I'm glad they went with that choice. It's, it's brilliant from start to finish, guys. I, I can't express that enough. I don't want to overstay my welcome on this. I just want you to know that Little Fires Everywhere is every bit as good as the hype suggests it is. Um, I'm kind of shocked that it's only 76% on Rotten Tomatoes don't know what the fuck that is feel like a lot of critics uh gotten their feelings about some of their privilege but here we are <laughs> um it's a very, it's a very good show so that that's where i'm gonna leave this off i will highly recommend it it's a high recommendation from yours truly um ian what do you got hell yeah uh my friends for a little bit of a tonal shift uh i actually want to direct us towards a new netflix series that came out recently called the midnight gospel the midnight gospel uh it's also only eight episodes nice and concise. It was created by Duncan Trussell, who is a comedian of some renown. I'm not entirely familiar with his body of work, but he's been around for a hot minute, and they really push that fact that he is uh, one of the lead actors, the voice actors. He plays the main character, Clancy, and he's also one of the show creators slash show runners. And also, another big selling point that they use is that a lot of the series is directed by Pendleton Ward, who, if I am getting my information correctly is one of the lead directors slash animators for Adventure Time. Uh, so that was sort of the way that this was marketed to me in the Netflix trailer as I scrolled over it. The premise is that Clancy is a space caster with a malfunctioning multiverse simulator who leaves the comfort of his home to interview beings living in dying worlds. Uh, this animated show is very, very unique in the way that it is done in so much that I am pretty sure a great portion of the show are simply recorded conversations between Duncan Trussell and whomever he is interviewing that day. And then they animate a very, very loose hallucinatory story around whatever they're talking about. And usually what Trussell and his guests are talking about involves something to do with the nature of consciousness, the nature of mortality the nature of uh, the human condition in general, but in very esoteric terms. And I gotta say, and I'm gonna catch flack for this, I was not a huge, like, I'm not really into Adventure Time. So the Ooh. whole, I know, I know that you've tried to get me into it. And here's the thing. Here's the best way that I can sort of give people who have uh, some concept of what Adventure Time is like, how I can get them to understand this show and its vibe in as few words as possible. There's that one episode of Adventure Time wherein they explore the food chain yes yes and it's a little trippy and hallucinatory and like finn and the dog guy end up on various places in this food chain yes yes and it's just like super out there and it's one of like it's already a pretty out there for a kid's show which good on them i give them merits for that but it is far more out there than the rest of them and even kind of like bleak but in a very um matter of fact way like this isn't tragic this is just the way that nature functions and the midnight gospel is like eight episodes of that with more adult themes and more adult explanations. In the very first episode, Clancy visits a world that is beset by zombies and ends up uh, the person that he is interviewing there. I don't know who the actor is, but they are playing the president of the planet. And so they are senselessly murdering zombies as Clancy just sort of asks them questions about the nature of reality and human perception. And then they get onto the conversation topic of like doing a 
uh, pills and booze and why that is a bad combo, but that doesn't necessarily make the pills or the booze bad. It is those two in conjunction with each other and their relation to one another and the person using them that is bad, not necessarily the substances themselves. It gets fucking out there. So it's a little more adult than an Adventure Time, but I'll be damned if it like, if that Pendleton touch sure don't come through. Um, <laughs> it's... I binge watched it in one night inadvertently as I was photo editing. Uh, it's a super easy watch uh, with a lot of charm. And I'll, I'll say this, there, there's heart throughout the entirety of the show. But the last episode in particular, like it all is sort of building to something. Because again, there's a story, but like the loosest of threads that you could call a story. It's it's really is just sort of like really trippy mm. interviews that have been animated in a very very trippy way like if you were to fucking drop shrooms and watch this shit you would probably have an experience hopefully mostly good there are some points where the animation's a little bit frightening but that's the fucking nature of perception in humans and our limited grasp on our universe but it all culminates in an ending episode that is very heartfelt and uh very beautiful yeah i, I really want to check this out I'm, I'm glad you're suggesting it uh because i've heard like once you get past the first couple episodes which aren't bad it just gets really really amazing so episode cool. one i'll yeah. say this because i didn't really know what's what i was getting into episode one i was sitting there and i was like because they also don't explicitly come out and say like hey we pretty much just like talked on a microphone for two hours and then mm. whittled it down to 30 minutes and animated it like i was like what the fuck is happening mm. but around episode three i would say like episode one and two are both good but episode three is when like it stops sounding like that obnoxious philosophy major mm -hmm. dude that you probably like avoided on the quad that would be like i know you think you're walking man but the fact of the matter is is that like we never walk ever because like and it's like yeah okay dude sh i just want to go get my coffee right <laughs> But right. it, it, while there are echoes of that throughout the entirety of this, because that is sort of the nature of what they're discussing, uh, it... it holds a lot more water it's a lot more poignant than just like some obnoxious expound like ex blah, blah, blah. like people just fucking expelling words into the air about like what sartre said about the human like condition and experience mm, got you all right well shit i can't wait to watch it Oof. fucking try it try that try little fires everywhere fam like the, it, what a cool concept the, the, for art wherein representation not only being fucking important but enhancing the art further i loved the showrunners thought to do that i can't wait to go check out little fires everywhere i hope y'all are fucking stoked to go check out midnight gospel because it is probably one of the best things that i've reviewed in the past three four weeks <laughs> and we really needed a win y'all we really needed a win yeah we got two wins y'all yeah anything else you'd like to add e? um friends if you have anything that we have, might not have uh missed in our definitely very thorough comb like i definitely trudge every single streaming service all the time a hundred percent because i'm getting paid to do this not um then go ahead and reach out to us on any of our social media platforms twitter instagram or facebook find us at too many flips tell us like hey there's this great property that you just haven't noticed and we'll jump right on that i can't wait to hear from you do you want to know something that we don't know sure here comes the trivia here we go okay okay hello class and welcome to another round of, of trivia trivia you're going to learn something yeah. about movies yeah movies indeed trivia we're talking about 90s rom-coms that's romantic that's comedies in in the 90s Ooh. oh fuck they can be good rom-coms i chose shitty rom-coms oh. that's my fault oh dude that's fucking fine absolutely i made it hard i made it harder on myself that's all i did the most rom-coms are well no it's a fi i think rom-coms are 50 50 there are 50 decent ones and 50, that's true yeah that's 50%. true percent not so all right uh i'll go first then if that's okay absolutely okay. of the movie starring tom hanks and meg ryan this is the most successful financially and critically is hmm. it you've got mail sleepless in seattle joe versus the volcano or the terminal bruh yeah come on what come on well you know what it is it's you got mail no man it's sleepless in, in seattle what 
Yeah, that's the their most successful financial and critically. Damn. Okay. You would I was, think you, you I got mail in... changed a generation. That's what I'm saying. That but was it wasn't like the most successful or critical. Oh wow. Yeah, literally put emails on Front Street. Like literally email. Like yeah, it literally made emails popular. That's just crazy. But yeah, no, it was sleepless in Seattle. Fucking hell, man. Well, okay, that's fine. You know yeah. what? I came in a little cocky. I learned my lesson. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Little lesson in humility. Ben, mm-hmm. what is the most frequently searched for 90s rom-com in the state of Illinois? Is it Notting Hill? Is it Clueless? Is it My Best Friend's Wedding? Or is it You've Got Mail? Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, All right, hold on. Repeat those again for me. Absolutely. The most frequently searched 90s rom-com in the state of Illinois, is it Notting Hill? Is it Clueless? Is it My Best Friend's Wedding? Or is it You've Got Mail? Clueless? It is actually My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay. Okay. Was it shot in Chicago, I take it? Or in, in Illinois? What uh, was the connection That's there? actually a good question. And why that's in Illinois? That's weird. Okay. Must be. It has to have some, like, some, some link there. But I'm sure. Okay. Like Ferris Bueller or some shit. Yeah. Are you ready for your second one? Yes, please. When writer Richard Curtis viewed this film for the first time, he found it to be too similar to his previous film for... Four weddings and a funeral. Which film was it? Was it Notting Hill? Was it Bernard and the Genie? Was it Bridget Jones's Diary? Or was it the tall guy? Oh, Hollywood with these names. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, I'm gonna go with Notting Hill because it sounds the driest all of out of all of them. But I really want it to be the Genie one. Uh, it is Notting Hill. You're correct. And there's no way I could change it. <laughs> I don't feel like changing my answer since you already said it, Notting Hill in the previous uh thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yep, yep, yep. You ready for number two, Ben? Yep. All right. This 90s rom-com has an unsettling amount of crossover with the Scream franchise, meaning that between three actors, they made seven appearances in Scream movies, and there's a song from Scream 2. It just seemed like way too much. Okay. Is this rom-com simply irresistible? Is this rom-com never been kissed? Is this rom-com the wedding singer? Or is this rom-com home fries? Repeat the question one more time. Sure. This 90s rom-com has an unsettling amount of crossover with the Scream movies. Is it simply irresistible? Is it never been kissed? Is it the wedding singer? Or is it home fries? Simply irresistible. It has never been kissed. Uh, I'm on a slump. Big slump. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. That's that's life. That's what all people say. You ready for your last one? Yes, I am. Yes, sir. Sorry, I didn't mean... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the movie in which the hip-hop artist Lil' Kim made her acting debut. Has it never been kissed? Ten Things I Hate About You? The Wedding Singer? Or She's All That? I'm gonna go with She's All That. Damn, yeah, that's right. What what did you think that... Is this just a guess? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, mostly, like, 85% of guess, and I was like, She's All That. There's gotta be a lot of, like, good good femme roles in that. She's All That. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's a good guess. All right, well, fuck me all right good good shit (laughs) (laughs) okay ben i got one last one for you okay this 90s rom-com was forrest whitaker's third directorial project what (laughs) yup okay is it (laughs) that's why i saw it and i was like wait the forrest whitaker and i clicked (laughs) and i was like wow yeah okay um is it hope floats is it the object of my affection? Is it Mr. Wrong? Or is it my boss's daughter? <laughs> Mr. Wrong? I'm sorry, Ben. It was Hope Floats. Uh, that sounds like some Forrest Whitaker shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was sounds... like, I wanted it to be just something like generic, but I knew it was probably Hope Floats. Hold on. Oh, all right. I am well, that curious. Was <laughs> I'm curious. Hope Floats. Birdie Calvert must choose between her morals and her heart after her husband divorces her and a charming young man whom her daughter uh, disapproves of comes back into her life. Oh, wow. With Sandra Bullock and, uh, was it Ben Affleck? Harry what? Connick Jr. What? <laughs> he yeah. directed those t- two? He directed those two. <laughs> what? I, dude, that is crazy to me. <laughs> yes, sir. How many directing credits does Forrest Whitaker have? Let's find out. Has he just been secretly directing, like, rom Bonus trivia, fam. That's, imagine that. That might be his, like, favorite thing. I know. He's done six features, two of which are TV movies, but in total six. Oh, no, excuse me, five. One of them was a video short. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, yeah. you learn something 
new every goddamn day. All right, y'all. Every well, damn day. That's trivia. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, manifestos about what we just said in trivia, or if you have any trivia for us to do for the coming weeks, we have free time. We can um, definitely see what we can do. Let us know at any of our social media platforms. That's too many flicks. That's at too many flicks. That's the number two and an X at the end. And we'll get back with you and we'll start a dialogue. All right, let's move on and close this sucker on out. Woo! That's it. Ow! That's it. You don't gotta go home, but you, you gotta. I guess you're already home. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast on <laughs> right. its scheduled release date, you do have to go home. Go home now. You do have to go. Yeah, you do. You, 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 yeah, you gotta get the hell up out of here. But you gotta like, get the hell up out of here. Continue to listen. We we really appreciate it. Though, like in all seriousness, it's true. We do appreciate you guys. We can't do it without you. Um, please continue to support. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your pa. Tell your uncle. Tell your aunt and uh, have them tell people too. Um, even if people don't want to hear it, just keep talking about it. Make them so mad that they like, fine, I'll fucking listen to it and they'll hate listen to us. And that's fine because that's another listener. <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah, that's still a fucking number in my analytics. Right. One, one, yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, so with that being said, uh, Ian, tell the people what you're doing, where you're going, how to find you, all that stuff. Uh, currently, I'm doing this podcast where I'm going is nowhere because social distancing uh and you can find me on facebook as ian mutiner you can find me on instagram as sock ninja 808 and you can find me on twitter as sir yikes a lot at baby got nah. ben mm-hmm. where can people find you where can they come to you to listen to that silky smooth voice with those great opinions uh you can find me on facebook as benjamin timothy jenkins you can also find me on instagram at ben benvolio 91 that's ben volio 91 you can also find me on twitter at bt jenkins 91 um you can also find this podcast on any social media platform as at too many flicks it's number two and the x at the end that's at too many flicks number two and an x at the end you can also email us we can be super professional if you want to if you want us to we we, we, we'll do bar and bar mitzvahs we'll we'll do weddings if you want uh yeah we'll even do circumcisions it'll be kind of weird but like we'll we'll do that we won't do the circumcision but we'll be in the corner talking about movies no i will do the <laughs> circumcision and Thank your God. child will never forgive you yeah <laughs> There you go. We, we do anything. Uh, but yeah, if you want to email us about anything uh, or any suggestions, comments, concerns in our manifestos, you can reach us at too many chicago at gmail.com. That's too many flicks, number two and an X at the end, dot chicago at gmail.com. And you can also, there'll be a link for our Patreon at the bottom of any of the social media platforms that you're listening to us on, or any of the uh, podcasting platforms that you're listening to us on. Um, and you can become a patron for as little as a dollar we know money is tight people are on unemployment just listening to us is enough but if you have the funds if you have the means please feel free to donate um just be a dollar patron for a dollar a month and yeah. we'll, we'll do and something hey, it's for you here. it's a tight time we yeah. get it you don't have the funds that's totally cool that's drop fine. in no at wherever you like to listen to us and leave, leave a review don't even have to be five stars you could just tell us any any old thing you want you yeah know? You there's always a way to help one star one star review is like hey these guys are dumb that's fine it's a review. Yeah. one star review that's polarizing yo that's right. fucking traction we that makes us edgy right yeah we're, we're down to a clown uh again thank you again guys so much for listening tuning in it's 59 episodes almost 60 episodes oh my god we're f- close to 100 that'll be crazy uh, sometime next yep. year we'll do something crazy thanks guys um anyway Ooh. we also know that there's a lot of content out there it's a lot of time people are stressing out about money about the covid situation about this and that and maybe you just don't have the mental capacity right now to watch anything on any of these streaming platforms or anything like that but don't worry don't worry this what we do baby we got you because we're too many flicks and we watch all the flicks so that you don't have to hell yeah